Alrighty, friends, we are back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. It is Location Weekly. It's episode number 546. We're recording live on Tuesday, December the 7th. And my good friend, Aubriana, is here. How are you? I am good. Having a good week, you know, adjusting to the cold. Uh, just, you know, gearing up for, for holidays and, and maybe a little bit of downtime. So I'm ready for that. How about you? Yeah, I think I'm starting to get into the holiday spirit a little bit. It's definitely getting colder. We had like a little bit of snow. It's all gone, but it's green again. But, um, you know, so I had a little taste of that. It was windy and like cold last night on, you know, off the lake. And yeah, it's it's good. It's good. It's kind of, you know, the season is coming and you can feel it building. So it's good. I know. It's crazy. This year's flying by. Um, but we have some good stories today to cover. So we do. I'll just... let you uh, let you kick that off with uh, kind of an interesting one. Yeah, I think this is kind of a feel good story. You know, I feel like a trend that we've seen this year and I don't want to give away any predictions or anything, but a trend that we've seen so far this year has been more technology around um, and enabling better experiences for those with disabilities or handicaps, including the blind. And CVS is rolling out something um, called audio prescription labels, which is actually really is really cool. So they're making this feature. It's called Spoken RX, um, and they did this a collaboration uh, with the American Council of the Blind. So this is available across nearly 10,000 different CVS pharmacy locations um, in America, and this allows customers to have their prescription information read to them. So um, obviously think about, you know, someone who's blind, who has specific medications and being able to understand, you know, the label and directions. Um, so this is available. It's, it's a free, you know, offering that CVS is rolling out. It's in their pharmacy app and they are able to do this with voiceover for iOS or the um, Siri or Google Assistant um, on the smartphone. So it can read this uh, specific type of a label that's affixed to the bottom of the prescription container. And uh, you, you do have to enroll in the program as a customer, but it uses this RFID technology um, and these labels you know, are enabled with it. And then you scan it and the, the spoken RX tab in the, in the app will actually see like things, the patient name, it'll be able to say prescription information, you know, dosage, uh, medication name, the directions, and then it can be read aloud and it's available in either English or Spanish. Um, and CDS partnered with a company called I Identive Inc for the platform um, here. And they're adding this to some of the existing features that they have, like the Braille, the audio, uh, large print prescription label options that are already available on the CPS website. Um, but I like this, you know, I think being able to provide better consumer experiences to everyone um, is really important. And we've talked about this before, but you know, this is like close to home. I have a cousin who is visually impaired and just being able to, to do normal everyday things like understand how I should take my medication or, um, you know, what medication is this, right? Uh, a lot of the bottles probably feel all the same. And, and so, um, I think this is a wonderful development and I really like how they're using the RFID technology on, on these bottles and being able to, uh, pull all of that together um, just to, to assist people. Um, and I think this could be really helpful for those even perhaps who are not necessarily visually impaired, but just maybe older or, you know, need to have kind of those reminders of how do I take this again? 
Um, I mean, I find myself very interested in listening to, uh, you know, whether it's like how we've transitioned things from reading a hard book to the eBooks and now to audible books, right? And we're listening to things more and more and we're trying to digest things more rapidly. So I feel like this is a feature that perhaps, you know, would, would span even beyond um, the visually impaired. So I like this story. I think it's a great development and I like the use of technology. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think there's there's a general movement. We've talked about some other stories this year uh, on the show about, uh, you know, just removing, uh, you know, barriers for people with various types of disabilities. And I think uh, this is a great example of that. Um, you know, the fact that they already, you know, have Braille and, and, and other, other methods, uh, large print and so on, uh, on their labels and, and on their prescriptions, I think is great, but this is like, you know, that sort of next step up, right, of let's just read it out loud, um, you know, for them. And using RFID, I think, is, is an interesting way to do it because, you know, for me, RFID is one of those technologies going back, you know, 10, you know, 20 years even in some cases uh, where, you know, it was, there was, there was a lot of, you know, promise and a, and a lot of, you know, ballyhoo about it at the time. And, you know, Walmart was testing, Avery Dennison had rolled out, you know, their, their technology around this. And, you know, everybody was, you know, there was like, hey, this is going to be in every piece of clothing and every, you know, piece of packaging. And it, it really hasn't happened, right, that way. Maybe more so on the sort of uh, supply chain side, yes. But as far as a consumer application, we haven't seen it sort of mainstream out um, in that way. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of excited to see that, you know, they found this, this great application for using RFID uh, as a consumer um, you know, driven tool uh, to help people who are visually impaired. And, and I think this is a great use case of that. You know, I'm wondering within the app if you can also then, you know, set up reminders on when to take that medication. So if you, you know, you get your prescription and it's read out loud and, you know, you're supposed to take it, you know, twice a day with food or whatever it is, you know, I wonder if you can set it up so that, you know, at dinner time, it's, it's also reminding you with audio, um, you know, to do that. So I'm assuming that's the case and, or you can easily tie that into your, you know, virtual assistant or whatever. Um, but I think it's a great, it, it's a, it's a great, uh, way to link that technology and make it seamless, uh, for people and not just visually impaired people. I think lots of people would, would want to use that. Right. So as, as we embrace voice technology, uh, you know, across the board. So I quite like it. Good job by, uh, by CBS there for sure. Okay. Um, shifting from the pharmacy world to the, uh, convenience, uh, world circle K. Uh, our second story here has teamed up with Pokemon Go. Now we haven't talked about Pokemon for a little while here, so uh, I think everybody's pretty much familiar with Pokemon Go. It's a, a product from uh, Niantic, which is you know connected into the Google Alphabet uh, community of companies, um, you know, on the gaming side, and so. Uh, Coming next year in 2022, Circle K is going to host the first of what they call four legendary raid in-game events at participating um, Circle K locations. Apparently, this will be available in uh, more than 9,000 locations around the world, including here in Canada. By the way, Canada finally made it into the uh, you know the the mix of of things here, um, so that's good. I'll get to go test this one out, um, and. Um, 
Yeah, so it, it's basically a, a mobile game uh, that you can play, um, and you can earn coupons that are redeemable at Circle K stores for coffee and freezies and slushies and hot dogs and all the things that they uh, that they sell. Um, and you visit these Pokemon stops and these gyms in the game, uh, and you spin these photo discs and like there's all this experiential stuff you can do. What I always have loved about Pokemon Go, whether it's this application at Circle K or some of the previous ones that they've done when they first came out with this, you know, Sephora and others, you know, it's all about, you know, yes, engaging people with game mechanics and getting them to play and have fun and, and, and so on, but it's a true location-based, you know, uh, gaming experience. It's, it's about going to these physical locations and unlocking things in those locations when you're there from a geo perspective and then you know sort of participating and engaging so you know and they've done this with mcdonald's they've done this with you know starbucks they've, they've experimented with with many brands uh over the years around this but i really like this one for circle k because i think it, it's one, one of the interesting things about that category right that convenience category especially if it's tied to gas stations is you know people go there they fill up their car and there's very little margin in that and we've talked about this before like the margin is on getting people into the store the convenience part of it to spend money on coffee or cigarettes or lottery tickets or whatever it is that they're buying right um and that's where they're you know the real margin the real money is made and so if you can drive people with pokemon go into the store directly and you can get them in there with you know a free coffee or a free whatever they're going to spend money on other things that's just the reality of how you know are you know how we are so um so i really like it and i think this is one that can can drive traffic it can drive revenue um and i think it's just a good partnership and and i was talking to somebody last night about uh the new oculus uh you know vr glasses and and he i think he's convinced me that this i, I need to make this investment now because the technology's there it's all finally like sort of in in the in the glasses directly you don't need a separate computer app to interface with it it's kind of standalone now um and uh and and the sort of level of experiences that you can have with that are you know so wide ranging now it's not just games you know first person shooting games and whatever anymore it's it, it's all over the place um and so i think like you know i can see you know the this whole wave right of AR and VR right now, and Pokemon goes right there, ready to create these branded partnerships. Um, it'd be interesting to see potentially, and, and I'll ask what you think, but potentially some sort of partnership between Waze, which is another you know Google Alphabet property, and Niantic's Pokemon Go at some point, and you know some kind of mashup there, um, which would be interesting. But anyways, what do you what are your thoughts? Um, okay, well, let's start with I do I do really like this story, and I do think that the collaboration with Circle K is great for um, the audience specifically. I think that it, you know, with the Starbucks partnership and even the McDonald's partnership, I think Starbucks is definitely catered towards, you know, a more uh, higher end coffee enthusiast. You know that that really is like dedicated. They're typically pretty loyal to Starbucks and McDonald's. 
going into a McDonald's is typically you're going to sit down and eat there. Um, and that was kind of what the, the partnership was geared towards. But I like that with Circle K, it's quick. And I think that people who are engaging in Pokemon Go are interested in playing the game. So they want to kind of hit a spot and then keep going. Um, so I think that this makes a lot of sense. And I do like that they're bringing this in in Canada, as well as the fact that they are tying this to you know, redeemable coupons, things that they can engage with, but help them obviously generate revenue. So I think that they're checking all the boxes for me from a, a business campaign standpoint and, and how this partnership will play out. Um, on the Waze partnership idea, I think that it could potentially work, but I do believe that most of the players who are in Pokemon Go are not necessarily, I don't know, maybe they are driving places, but I feel like it's more something that you're doing on foot and you're kind of like, checking into an area of town where you would go and park or you would just be there and kind of walk around um, in order to play the game. So I don't wanna say no, because I, I'm not a an avid Pokemon player, um, but I think that, you know, it could, it could potentially work or at least just highlighting on ways, you know, if you- Where the Pokestops are. Where the Pokestops are. Yeah. I think that is definitely an opportunity on that side. In regards to the Oculus, um, interesting. I mean, I don't know. I, are you ready to join the the metaverse, Asif? Just I, like, I, I, I think I have to, right? Isn't that, isn't that where we're all going now? I, I got to at least try it out. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I'm like, where's the human interaction? Like, we need. I I think that working that way potentially could be interesting. Um, you know, we're already working virtually, so being able to kind of have everything in front of you. But my question was the other day to someone, well, so what are we going to do? Like Zoom calls, what, with our a fake self? Or we would have a Zoom call and you would like actually see me with the glasses on because that would be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that All right. would be awkward. All right. Uh, next story. So this is interesting, kind of, not, not super interesting. But um, if you remember a long time ago, there was um, a new rebrand that happened when SyncSort purchased the software and data business of Pitney Bowes and became precisely. So, you know, Pitney Bowes, I feel like has been rebranded maybe a couple of times. Well, there was Maponics who got acquired by Pitney Bowes and then Pitney Bowes then became precisely. Um, but they have launched a new offering called Dynamic Demographics. So this is combining Precisely's portfolio of location data, you know, mobile location data specifically, um, and businesses, you know, offering businesses the, the ability to understand human mobility, how are consumers interacting, you know, within a specific area. Um, you know, one thing that they're citing, the reason that there is a need for this in the market is that demographic data is typically static and tied to households in a, in a given area. And I agree with that, right? You look at demographics of a postal code and that is tied to the people who live there and reside there. Uh, but there's a lot of people who come and go into different, you know, shopping centers, businesses during operating hours that perhaps live outside of that area. Um, and very likely live outside of that area. So they're tying all of those together to be able to say, you know, here's kind of a, a platform where you can see what the football traffic looks like or, um, you know, that foot traffic data. And they are targeting this as, you know, these insights to be used for use cases like 
um, site selection for retailers, you know, uh, how, who is at risk for natural disasters, um, you know, deployment of public sector services, uh, potentially like the COVID-19 policies and human mobility and, you know, how we've seen the people behavior change. Uh, they're currently applying it with one client, Ocean Outdoor Netherlands, in a digital out-of-home um, aspect, which, you know, we've seen all of this before. They're just touting this plug-and-play data that, you know, is enhancing accurate demographic profiles, you know, information on age, purchasing power, the group segmentation from a socioeconomic perspective, um, and, you know, tying it back to GPS-derived location, mobile location data. I think that it's interesting to me that they're going into this arena when I feel like it's a little bit of a crowded space. There's a lot of players that are already here and offering very similar things. You know, you look at Foursquare combined of uh, factual and placed, and you look at Place IQ, um, you know, you look at uh, what was the new rebrand um, for the digital envoy acquisition, like they are providing this type of data and a lot of them also provide the insights that are tied to it. So this is not really a new offering. So to get into this space, I was thinking at first, hmm, this is interesting. But then what I found out as I read a little bit further is that they are actually doing this and targeting um, the EU, which now makes sense to me because there's not a lot of offerings there. Um, you know, when you think about what the implications are with GDPR and having to have the compliant data, opt-in, which all of this is, you know, that's, that can be obviously very challenging. So I felt like that's what they should have led with on this story to make it even remotely interesting. Um, but it looks like they are available in the Netherlands now and coming to Australia, UK, and Germany soon. So to me, this is actually um, valuable. That is a key piece of information that I think it's harder to get into some of those countries, specifically UK and Germany with this type of data. And I would say that it is, you know, beneficial. So I do expect that to be um, certainly something that will will grow and good, get good adoption um, for these applications and insights that they mentioned. So what do you think? Yeah, I don't have a lot to add. I, I think that, um, you, you know, it's it, it, two things. One, one is I 100% agree with the EU uh, comments at the end. Like, I think that's there, there are far few player, you know, fewer players there than there are here in North America, just because of the rules and the, and, and the way you have to operate. And so many of the players that, you know, we worked with, you know, over the last decade have pulled out of uh, the EU because of, of those kind of privacy changes and whatnot. So it's good to see that, you know, they found a way to navigate that and they're kind of focusing on those markets. And, and I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, the, the blending of the mobility location data with some demographic profiling, of course, you know, that's that's valuable, that's interesting. Um, it's not crazy unique by any means, but it's it's definitely there. And, you know, I, the other thing that I'm a little sort of not so wowed by is, is like, you know, they're talking about in this announcement about the use case of site selection. Well, I mean, Esri and Pitney Bowes, I mean, like, that's their whole business. That's been their business for like, you know, 40 50 years or whatever right like so you know what's the new thing here um okay yes we're applying this to out of the out of home industry well you know you and i've been talking about measurement in the out of home industry 
I think almost every other show at least for the last six months, right? In some way or some form, you know, with various partnerships out there. So, um, so I, I like that they blended the, you know, the the demographic data with the mobility data. That's good. I like that they're focusing on the EU market because there's there's just not enough, uh, you know, solid solutions out there. Um, but you know, the, the, there needs to be something more here. There needs to be something that kind of just sets it apart from a technology perspective, I think, um, to, to really stand out. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping, you know, this is the first of, of, of a few moves uh, for them. So that's it. All right, final story now, we'll jump uh, over to uh, Volkswagen uh, here in North America, uh, is getting ready to promote its 2022 Ta Taos, or Taos, I don't know how you say that, T-A-O-S, uh, it's a new SUV. Uh, and they're promoting this uh, in a web-based augmented reality campaign in partnership with Amazon, uh, which is very interesting. So they're using uh, QR codes that are going to be printed on Amazon shipping boxes. So you order something from Amazon and on the box will be a QR code uh, that can be scanned uh, to then launch an AR experience uh, that lets you do a virtual test drive on a 3D map with sounds and you know uh, along the way, and you can record the drives and you can unlock you know all these different experiences. Um, but all of this is triggered off of a an Amazon Amazon shipping box. Uh, it will be on more than a million uh, boxes over this you know holiday season uh, as we kind of go into uh, into Christmas here. This was developed with uh, their creative agency, which is called the Community. Um, and I think this is it, it's it's interesting because um, for for a couple of reasons. One is that Amazon is you know seeing itself as a media company, which is you know I think you know for them another great you know source of revenue. Another I mean they have so so much reach, right? Obviously people are you know buying things all the time. You know they're you know the, the shipping of those products and and boxes out to people. You know the boxes essentially now are are a media uh, platform, and why not you know sell advertising space on there essentially, which is what they're doing. Um, two is is I think for certain brands like you know a brand like Volkswagen and many others who don't have their products available in the Amazon marketplace or in their e-commerce platform, um, you know you're not going to go on Amazon to buy a Volkswagen. Um, you know, this is a way to sort of leverage their audience and their, you know, their their community, um, you know, by, you know, tapping into the shipping part of it and getting, you know, uh, access to Amazon's eyeballs in a, in a different way. Um, and I think, you know, the timing is also really interesting because what you have here is, is that, you know, the uh, car sales industry is, you know, you know, still in decline uh, from you know pre-COVID levels. Uh, people just aren't going to car dealerships and test driving cars in the way that they were before, and so you know you need to sort of bring the car to the people. Um, and so doing that via you know an Amazon shipping box, you know, in a AR experience that you can have a virtual test drive, uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. And to top it all off. When you do this, and you you actually do the virtual test drive, you unlock a free um, three month uh, trial uh, of Amazon Music Unlimited. Um, so you get free music 
uh, you know, just for doing this, uh, which is kind of cool as well. And, and so what they've done there is they've tried to also tap into the idea of that when you're driving a car, often you're listening to music. And so kind of the, the linkages between, you know, those two, uh, you know, sort of worlds of, you know, listening to music and driving, you know, and how they fit together. And so they've got um, in the experience four musical moods, including road tripping, city vibing, they call it, um, you know, that are part of, you know, sort of this, this unlocking this experience and tying it all together. I, I think this is a great partnership. I really like the idea of brands that aren't available on Amazon, being able to tap into the Amazon audience uh, and leverage that. I like that they're, you know, sort of, there's that, you know, sort of partnership on the Amazon music side that, you know, Amazon's getting something out of it too, besides, you know, the revenue from, you know, giving up their box, uh, you know, space and things like that. So uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, I have a few thoughts. One is, I think that, um, you know, Amazon's not selling cars yet. I could definitely see them getting into that. I could see an acquisition of like a Carvana or, you know, something similar. Yeah, um, yeah. And what I really do like about this is it's not that it's necessarily a new opportunity um, to have this immersive experience from a QR code, but I would argue that Amazon has been a media company for a while, and I think that they're in a really strong place to determine who who potentially would get these types of boxes or based on what they order would get these types of boxes um, because they have all of that information about your behavior, your purchasing behavior. And furthermore, what I like about this is the ability to tie different types of media together. So for example, um, Amazon Prime shoppers who also stream on an Amazon Fire Stick or watch Amazon Video you can now see, perhaps see this type of an ad uh, from a video that you're, you know, getting from an advertising play from a CTV play or, you know, OTT connected device play that they have, um, which they sell that advertising. And now they can probably also link that to another touch point, which is now the box delivery. So being able to bridge those items together, I think is extremely smart. And, um, you know, we've seen a lot of statistics in the marketing industry that state that multiple touch points and types of touch points, you know, whether that's combination of connected television, mobile, digital out of home, you know, bringing those things together and it creates more efficacy of a campaign and the advertising itself. So, you know, if, if I show you an ad on just your, you know, online video type of an ad on, on your desktop, then that's going to be less effective than something that is you know a device extension and kind of goes across multiple devices and you yeah. see that throughout your journey. So I think that the ability for them to package the data, the multiple touch points, um, and then drive it back. I mean, here's the crazy thing to me is that they actually were able to even allow the whole music thing because this is all driving business back to Amazon, right? I mean, it's like, okay, Volkswagen paid for this campaign and Amazon's going to probably make as much or more money off of that uh, as well, like double their money because they're going to have yeah. all of these new music subscriptions. So pretty genius. I like um, I like the business thinking on Amazon's part, and I think it will will definitely provide more efficacy um, from a campaign perspective if they are using additional you know places uh, to to run that that campaign. So that's good. There you go. All right, some good stories this week. Um, 
You've been listening and watching episode number 546 of Location Weekly. We thank you, as always, for your time. Please reach out if you have story ideas. Uh, we always want uh, to hear what's going on anywhere in the world. Um, give us some love on whatever channel you're consuming this on, and uh, we'll be back next week with another show. Um, have a great week, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.